We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast thursday december 2nd 2021 this is the pack a day podcast i'm your host jacob westendorf and you can find me on twitter at jacob westendorf and a happy birthday to aaron Rodgers. Turns 38 today, I think, is the... I don't know. I don't keep track of his age. I barely know that today's his birthday. It is also Aaron Jones's birthday and Britney Spears' birthday. So let me start this topic with a question. Jimmy Christensen is my co-host tonight. I am joined by him. Jimmy, of those three, which one is your favorite? Britney Spears. I don't even know why you even had to ask. I, 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 I listened to Baby Hit Me One More Time so much girl was definitely one of my crushes free Britney. She's free now. So I'm a happy camper. I am happy as well. Britney Spears is also my favorite. Like you mentioned, as far as first crushes, I believe she was the the first. So they say you never forget your first crush. So that was definitely Britney Spears. <laughs> Mag, I feel Maggie, like we might've had this topic discussion last year. You're snickering. <laughs> so I feel like you're remembering this too, but who of those three, which one's your favorite? Also, Britney Spears. I just don't know how we how we started this. I don't remember this last year. If we did do this last year, that's kind of sad, honestly, because I don't really know how these conversations always spiral the way that they do. But somehow here we are every week. <laughs> well, the way that worked was in it. Yeah, the way that worked in the middle of the intro was I was like, oh, tomorrow's Aaron Rodgers' birthday, and then I just remembered it was also Aaron Jones and Britney Spears. So. There we are. It is a holiday for my good friend, Vince Costa. Those are his two favorite people, perhaps on the planet, with Carrie Underwood potentially sliding in there as well between Aaron Rodgers uh, and Britney Spears with those three. So happy day to Vince. Happy day to us. Happy week to me. Shout out to my friend and uh, compadre here, Dan Kotnick, for his second place Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, if you didn't watch the game on Saturday, then then you don't know who won, but the Michigan Wolverines will be playing for the Big Ten Championship on Sunday. And shout out to every single Badgers fan in my mentions that tried to bring me down after Michigan beats Ohio State and saying we're just going to lose to Wisconsin on Saturday. The Badgers will not be playing on Saturday either. So congratulations to you guys. I appreciate it. Not every Badger fan. I come in peace. But the ones who tried to bring me down, I don't appreciate that. Well, let's Can move we, on. Time out. Can we all just agree that 
I like I don't it's great follow. to be a Michigan Wolverine, Jimmy. Yes, we can. I don't follow college football <laughs> at all. Like I couldn't care less. But I watched, we went to a bar, we were hunting, and we went to a bar for the, the Badger game. Minnesota's coach is unbearable. Oh god, he's Pete Carroll. He's Pete he's Carroll. Unbearable. He could he kissed the turf. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, congratulations, you won. I'm very happy for you. Why are you kissing the field when you your team has lost four games already? Like, what are we doing right now, dude? He's he's Pete Carroll. That is the best way for me to describe him. The definition of doing too much. So congratulations to PJ Fleck as well, I guess, Jimmy. Thanks for bringing that up. But anyways, this is a Packer show. That's why you're here. So let's get into some Packer stuff. The bye week is mercifully upon the Green Bay Packers. They win over the Los Angeles Rams and Jimmy's favorite player, Odell Beckham Jr., who managed to catch a touchdown in garbage <laughs> time. So congratulations to Odell for making an impact, not at all, when the game was still in question. And my good friend, Russell Douglas, and shame on the Detroit Lions for forcing Matthew Stafford to throw a pick six in three straight games again. I feel like that's happened in his career before. Maybe it hasn't. But the next big game that a Matthew Stafford-led team wins will be the first. But, guys, those are my general takeaways and trolling takeaways from the Packers win over the Rams. Maggie, what are yours over uh, as this Packers team now gets into the bye? I feel like you're on one again today, and I'm not really ready for what's coming next. But – um, no, I think my biggest takeaway is that the team, you know, obviously lost Alton Jenkins um, a couple weeks ago, which was incredibly significant. But the especially the interior, the offensive line played really well against the Rams front. And I think that honestly, unless they see maybe like the Bucks in the playoffs is potentially the best front that this offensive line will go against. You're talking about maybe getting David Bakhtiari back, maybe Josh Myers. Um, so I think that the buy just came at a really good time. And we now are potentially starting to see what could be the Packers gaining players each week instead of losing one each week. So that to me is the most exciting part about outside of just, you know, being nine and three and holding tiebreakers with two huge NFC West opponents. And a three, if you want to include the 49ers, too, because I am a believer that the San Francisco 49ers have entered the chat. And I say that now and they'll probably lose on Sunday, but they've entered the chat. I think they're one game behind the Rams. Uh, what would that be now? Then three behind. The, so they're probably not going to win the division, but they're there. Uh, Jimmy, other than uh, defending everything about the honor of Odell Beckham, what is your takeaway from <laughs> from Sunday's game? Hey, I stand by Odell would be a good addition. Um but no, you mentioned sure. the 49ers. They are definitely cockroaches and are just always there. And I hate it. Uh, my big thing was, so Maggie mentioned the offensive line. I'm going defensive line. Like Rashawn Gary coming back to that unit just was amazing. Uh, he forced that, or he had that forced fumble sack and then Preston recovered it. But like, they're just playing at such a high level. Like Kenny Clark this year, it, I feel like it goes unnoticed because of Rashawn Gary's just huge jump he took this year and Preston Smith coming back to his normal Preston Smith self on the Packers. But Kenny Clark is absolutely killing it this year. Um, so th- that you, that defensive line and Dean Lowry, I don't know what like, – I've said this before on Lombardi's bar, like horse meat, PEDs. I don't care at this point, like inject whatever you need to eat, whatever you need to like, you are doing amazing. This, this defensive line is a huge, a huge part of the defense right now. And I absolutely love it. Um, I'm all here for it. I'll send PDs. If you need it, Dean Lowry, keep doing what you're doing. 
Um, Jimmy's trying to get people suspended. Death taxes and <laughs> Jimmy trying to get players in trouble. Mike, no, I'm not. Ahead, I'm not saying get you in trouble. I'm just saying, like, if you want some, I'll give you some. Dean Lowry. That's it. I don't even know where to go with that. So we're just going to move on from that topic. I, I agree with you. I think the defense, I know that maybe aesthetically not the most pleasing thing on the scoreboard, but I thought they played really well against a team that was ranked in the top of the league. As far as offenses, they were going to play against. They had a chance to hang 40 on that defense. They would have, if they didn't punt and Mason Crosby themselves out of a, a field goal there late in the game, but they, they're playing well and they're playing well, maybe at the right time. And potentially after the bye week, I, I don't think it can be estimated or discussed enough that they could be getting back three all pro players. And I'm not counting my chickens before they're hatched there, but the fact that they could get back a stud left tackle, a stud pass rusher and a stud cornerback, maybe three of the most important positions in the, in the game. And they're going to get all those guys potentially, Back. So that's the hope is maybe when they suit up against the Bears that they'll have at least one of those guys. And then we get I kind of liken it to the 12 days of Christmas. This could be the three days of Christmas. One is Bakhtiari. Then the next week could be Jair and then Zadarius Smith by the end of the year to build on. Jimmy, you mentioned it. This Packers pass rush is running. Rashawn Gary's playing the best football of his young career. The fire rises. Preston Smith is playing. I honestly think better than he did in his 2019 season, especially the last three weeks where he's got like almost 25 pressures or something. It's incredible what he's done the last couple of weeks. The sack numbers, maybe not as gaudy, but I think those will come by the end of the year too. And then if you add in Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark to that, Kenny Clark's having an all pro season, all pro, not pro bowl, all pro. And for all the talk and discussion of Aaron Donald, and I understand that's, that's JJ Watt. That's Lawrence Taylor. That's Reggie white generational defensive player. Kenny Clark was a better player on Sunday against a better interior offensive line. I don't think that can be understated enough. So I'm thrilled to see where this team is at. They're nine and three. I said last week on the show that going into this game, that I don't think you can underestimate how big of a game that was for the Packers. Cause if they win and they did, they're nine and three Maggie mentioned the tiebreakers over the Rams, over the Cardinals and over the 49ers. If that does in fact come to fruition, or if you lose, you're eight and four and you go one and three in the month of November. And the only game you won was against Seattle, which great. Your defense shut them out, but you only were able to score 17 points and look kind of clunky throughout the entire course of the game. So let's get into our main topics for the night. Uh, guys, it's the bye week So it's a week to relax. It's a week to kind of hang out, not have to be glued to your television screen. Maybe you still will be. I don't know. On Sunday, just Maggie, what are you doing during the bye week well, it doesn't really help the Loney house that the Browns are also on there by week 13. So we're probably just going to have like seven hours of red zone on uh, before Sunday night football. But, you know, if we're talking really about the 12 days of Christmas, I think that we should also be shooting for the fifth golden ring in February. If you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. I can't believe I missed that one. But yes, yeah. five golden rings. That would be phenomenal. So, yeah, the Browns on their bye week. I got to ask, is Mark? still enjoying the season or no. is this just no okay. <laughs> poor mark like i predicted the browns to go to the super bowl i thought this was going to be a big year in the loney household we get that packers brown super and they just stink and i don't know why i really don't they Tony baker's really hurt yeah that probably doesn't i mean i guess when your quarterback's just, injured it's really bad but you know Okay. A little column Baker, 
Baker Mayfield slander is not going to be tolerated here. So that's that's just not going to happen, Jimmy. They got rid of the problem on offense. Now they just got to figure out the rest of it. Uh, but they haven't been able to do that, unfortunately. So uh, the Packers will play the Browns here in a couple of weeks on Christmas Day. Of course, the Loney Bowl, as I'm affectionately referring to it as. I don't know if that's been trademarked, but if it isn't, I'm going to do it. Jimmy, what are you doing during the bye? You know, like literally nothing. Please don't I say am... what you said on Lombardi's bar. I really hope that's not the answer. I this is the problem with my brain. I don't remember what I said in Lombardi's bar. It starts uh, with an M and rhymes with breath. I Go don't on. know what that is. Yeah, Go I on. Um, I am not doing much. Oh, I get. Yeah, uh, I'm not doing much. Just enjoying having a stress free Sunday, watching football. Might go to the gym, hang out with the wife and kids, but just being okay with not yelling at the TV for a little bit and saying swears to people that can't hear me. So I'm taking a week off, and then I'll be back at it uh, next week when the the Packers play the the Bears. And you'll be in the house for that. Maggie, are you going? Yeah. Uh, No, my last regular season game is the Browns, and then, you know, whatever uh, playoff games hit, I'll be there for those. Hopefully, too. Uh, that would certainly be the case there. Me, the bye week, um, Saturday night, Michigan, Iowa. No questions there. Sunday, I'll probably end up watching nine hours of football. I do know we're putting up our Christmas tree. Blake is old enough to understand Christmas and is really excited about some of that stuff. So we'll put up the tree uh, on Sunday. I am not a Christmas person. So my mom had the tree up, I swear, on November 1st. I'm, I'm almost insistent that's how that worked. But um We'll put up the Christmas tree and then maybe, you know, some Netflix. I've been watching you. Uh, I'm now on season three. So everybody's like, wow, you're really late to that party. Yes, that is how I operate. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't catch on stuff when it's going, but it helps from my standpoint because I like to binge. So when I'm watching stuff, I like to watch two, three, four, five episodes at a time. Uh, In addition, Sunday, there will be the fifth episode, the fifth installment of Dexter New Blood. So I will certainly be watching that. That's my favorite show of all time. Uh, even with Jimmy, we were talking before the show, seasons five through eight weren't very good. Even with those seasons in it, the first four seasons, that's that was TV gold. So uh, this season's been really good. Jimmy, I know you said you haven't watched it, so I won't spoil anything, yeah, but I will highly, highly recommend that. Um, so that's what I'll be doing. I think the... have the You mentioned TV. Have any of you guys watched Yellowstone? I haven't, but I know my no. mom does, and I dig Kevin Costner, so I feel like that's something I'll catch. Is it on Netflix? I don't think it is. No, it's on Amazon. I'll give you my info. Uh, I have I have Amazon, so I mean, okay, well, I they appreci- won't give it to you. Um, I appreciate that, though. I just started watching it yesterday, and it was kind of slow at first, and then I kind of started. You know, there's a. It, it's pretty good, but I just wanted to know if you two did because. I'm I'm at that point where like should I keep watching it because the first episode didn't really reel me in, but neither of you watched it, so never mind. But if anyone listening to this wants to tell me tell us to watch Yellowstone, let me know. Uh, okay, Jimmy will get you that. Uh, I I'm interested in that. What's the new show with um, Kyle Chandler, the guy who plays Eric Taylor in Friday Night Lights? There's a new show he's on. I feel like um, we should talk about football. Just a just a thought. On the Pack a Day podcast. So there's your transition right there. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, listeners, if you haven't turned this off. Maggie's back. I stopped listening a while ago, so I don't know. (laughs) 
So there you have that. We're not listening. So, yes, let's get into the bye week. No game to preview this weekend. The Packers will play the Bears next week on Sunday Night Football. Maybe Andy Dalton, maybe Justin Fields. My opinion is it doesn't matter because the Packers are going to crush Chicago. But we'll talk about that next week. What I do want to get in with this week, guys, is Packers have played 12 games now. They have five left in their regular season. So let's get in. Who's your guys' most surprising player playing well, maybe above your expectations for this season? Maggie, I will start with you. I mean, I think it's cheating, right? But I also think it's worth mentioning because the news broke Wednesday night when we were recording. Rasul Douglas, um, you know, I've, if Jair doesn't get hurt, the Packers probably don't have him on the roster, which is significant in and of itself, because obviously if you can have an all pro on the field, you want Jair there. But given the way that the cornerback room has been dealing with so many injuries this season, including Kevin King, um, just the stability that he's brought to that side of the ball has been huge. And, you know, Eric Stokes, I think you could lump into that same conversation being a rookie. A lot of the narrative before the season started was kind of what will the boundary corner situation be? Will Eric Stokes, like will Stokes be thrust into a starting role right away or will they let him develop solely? And he hasn't really had the luxury of doing that. It's really been Stokes and Douglas for a bulk, the bulk of the season. And I think, you know, knowing that they've played about as well as you could have asked them to. And, I don't even know if I said it, but yeah, the news breaking that Douglas won NFC player of the week um, on the defensive side of the ball is, of course, what I was referring to. Yeah, uh, what a pleasant surprise because that was a consolation prize, right? Like the Packers signed him or the news broke. They That was in the works before the Stefan Gilmore stuff uh, with the COVID protocols and everything like that. That's just how that works. So Green Bay was trying to add both of those guys is how that worked out. But he was a street free agent that they just plucked. Well, not a street free agent. He was a practice squad player. They plucked him off a practice squad and it was just kind of like, okay, hopefully he's just not actively terrible. And now I'm at the point where if, and when Alexander comes back, it's Alexander Stokes, Douglas, but Douglas is my number two. And maybe that'll be semantics um, by the time he comes back. But I am very interested to see how they do their cornerback group. The good thing is, and God bless these guys. I'm not bagging on them more than maybe I should, but Chandon Sullivan, Kevin King, those are guys in a playoff game that, oh, they lost. Who gave up the game-winning touchdown? I would almost promise you it was probably one of those two players. And they're of that group, the least talented of Stokes and Alexander, maybe more talented than than Rasul Douglas, but they haven't played better. So Douglas is a great uh, selection for that. Jimmy? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm actually going, and he's, he's more of a popular one, but I'm going with uh, AJ Dillon. Uh, I, I really thought he was going to fill into the Jamal Williams role with kind of taking a couple series off Aaron Jones, but and maybe doing some pass protection. But he has stepped up, especially in the past catching game. And we saw last week with the Rams, like when it came down to a defensive front that was really going to kind of shut you down. Aaron Jones wasn't really able to get get going, but AJ Dillon was just pounding the ball and running people over and showed why they drafted him in the second round. It was just really impressive that he he stepped up a lot this year. From last year to this year, he's one of the biggest leaps, uh, maybe outside Rashawn Gary and some other players. But um, he showed why he had the draft pick that he has. And A.J. Dillon, I love your quads, love your applesauce intake. Um, big, big A.J. Dillon fan. I think one of my favorite moments from the season, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but the the fake crown thing the Packers do where they would put it on like Aaron when he scores a touchdown or Devontae or something like that was Lazard during the Seattle game put the crown on Dylan's quads. That to me is the best video moment of the season so far. And hopefully there's more. Uh, we got a lot of season left on that side of things. And AJ Dillon, Jimmy, I think that's perfect. Uh, 61 of his 68 yards on Sunday came after contact. The Packers just – cannot create anything in the running game. Uh, they're just not blocking like they like they did last year. Um, now, I know that they played the Rams on Sunday, but it's kind of been a season-long-ish type of issue with no Elton Jenkins, no Corey Lindsley, no Josh Myers, just kind of running with three guys in the middle that haven't played a lot of football. You know, John Runyon played less than 200 snaps coming in the season. Royce Newman was a rookie, and Lucas Patrick is a replacement level, maybe slightly below that type of player. Maggie, I do want to ask, based off that, do you have concerns about this team's running game going into the playoffs? Nathaniel Hackett kind of talked about that with some of their red zone struggles uh, so far this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely is eye-opening, and it's something that we've noticed throughout the season. You know, I know, especially on Twitter, maybe we just happen to see a lot of it, but, you know, the idea that you can still run the ball when there's an eight-man box. You know, if your offensive line isn't getting any push in the run-blocking department, it doesn't matter if – there's five guys in the box. Like if you aren't generating forward momentum, there's nowhere, for, there's no lanes for your running back. So I do think it's a concern just because, you know, we're getting into obviously a week 13 bye, but then you've got five games left before the playoffs. And if you haven't figured it out by now, um, 
But I guess on the flip side of that, the offense has now put up 30 plus points for the second straight week after kind of some duds on the offensive side of the ball. So I guess there is time to figure it out. I think David Bakhtiari will help. I'm curious what the interior of the line looks like when David Bakhtiari comes back. Um, if they keep it the same, I know people have talked about potentially moving Billy Turner, but yeah, something's got to give because, you know, going up against some of the fronts that they're expected to see in the playoffs, the run game is going to be important, especially when you're talking about home games at Lambeau field in the cold. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. That, that scenario you just laid out because ultimately your best pass blocking tackle tandem is Bakhtiari and Billy Turner. So solidifying a guard spot. It's kind of like that old saying, right? Don't cut off your nose to spite your face type of thing. And Yosh just played well. That's my selection for most surprising player. Cause as soon as I remember when it was announced, he was starting against San Francisco and I'm just like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, nothing, no good thoughts came to my head. And he's played well against San Francisco, Nick Bosa, D Ford, um, Cincinnati, Trey Hendrickson, Pittsburgh, TJ Watt. You might've heard of him. And then this Sunday against Aaron Donald, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, he's been average to above as a left tackle. Now they've done things to help him, certainly, and they should. That's smart. But Yosh Nyman to me is if you had told me that he was going to start, what would that equate to? Five games this season? I'd have told you Green Bay really struggled in those five games and they've won all of them. So that to me is incredible. Uh, the Packers, their ability and knock on wood, I think this is the one position group that cannot withstand another injury, the offensive line, specifically the offensive tackle group, because if that happens, knock on wood again, I have no idea who the hell is going to play offensive tackle if if Turner or Nyman go down before Bakhtiari is able to come back, if he's able to come back. But Nyman is definitely my guy there. And I say when when he comes back, Nyman, thanks for your service. Uh, go have a seat on the bench because I don't want to play you at right tackle. Um, position he's never played in the NFL. And I don't want to move Billy Turner to a spot where he played okay. I think some of the Billy Turner sucked at guard discourse is is a little misguided just because he played relatively well. He was, you know, a good average guard in his first season here. And then he got hurt and was not good down the stretch. And I think people have that thought in their head when they talk about him as a guard. But he's been rock solid, really good at right tackle. Aaron Rodgers keeps calling him a pro bowler for this season. And that may very well be true. And he's flexible. For those of you that saw his uh, most recent press conference. So there's that. That's all I'm going to mention about that. So let's go on the other side. Because with good, there also comes bad or disappointing, not good enough, whatever phrasing you would like to use. Maggie, who is your most disappointing player so far this season? Okay. At first, I thought you meant offense because we were talking about offensive players. But now I get you were talking about offensive players that have been difficult to watch. Um, that's tough. I <laughs> there, There's some, you know, that have certainly not lived up to expectations. And I think some of it is not necessarily through the fault. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have been hit by injuries or hampered by injuries. Um, it's kind of cheating maybe to say this because I thought he's looked really good in his return. But I thought MBS was going to have a really big season. And he and Rogers haven't necessarily been on the same page for a lot of that. So I guess we could lump them in together because I think some of that does fall on Rogers. I think MVS has been in the right place at the right time. And some of those balls just have not been catchable, but you know, taking into account that he's only played in seven games this season, having 300 yards, I think I was expecting to see him really take the top off defenses. So 
I'm hoping that that's the case now and we're going to see a little less cover two for Devontae. And I think that's part of why the offense is going to get rolling now. So for the first half of the season, that would be my pick. Just the fact that we didn't get to see much um, connection from him and Rodgers, largely, of course, due to the injury bug. But now I think going into the playoffs, they're setting themselves up pretty well to have a high-powered offense once again. And the good news is they've made a splash play each of the last three weeks. A big one against Seattle, obviously the long touchdown against Minnesota, and then last week a couple big ones for for MVS as well. My guy is Alan Lazard. And to me, and maybe I'm being too hard on him based on the taste in my mouth from Sunday's game, but if you're going to be the big possession receiver, you have to be reliable and catch the ball. And I know the play in the end zone was one that was like, it would have been a tough catch, but I've seen Geronimo Allison make that play. And with all due respect to Maggie's brand, Geronimo Allison's not an NFL receiver. Alan Lazard is. And I know he's on the team as a role player, do the dirty work, be the guy in the run game. He's kind of their de facto stretch tight end with Robert Tunyon not being on the field. And Tunyon would have been a candidate for this as well, depending on how how much he would have uh, come on after his injury there. Well, before his injury, when he was having a big game against the Cardinals. But Lazard did not have a good game on Sunday. Uh, a couple of drops. And those are the kinds of plays that, like, when it comes to the Packers offense, you know the deal. It runs through the two running backs and Devontae. And when the ball goes to somebody else, your job is going to be to make one or two plays a game. Equinemius St. Brown made one. MVS made a couple. DeGuara made one. Mercedes Lewis fumbled, but he was going to make one before that happened. And I say nothing bad about Mercedes Lewis because the one emotion that comes to mind for me with him is fear. I am terrified of Mercedes Lewis. So nothing bad to say about the big dog, obviously. Lazard didn't. He had a drop on a third down. He had a drop in the red zone that would have been a touchdown. And those are the kinds of plays that you'll look back at in a playoff game potentially and go, man. And these are the plays that annoy the heck out of me on Twitter. Wow, that was good. You're welcome, Andy Herman. Um those are the plays that are going to annoy me on Twitter because that's when it's going to be like, oh yeah, Green Bay didn't need Chase Claypool or T Higgins or Michael Pittman, which I mean, those are all really good players. I get it, but I don't need to hear that stuff because the Packers still aren't a receiver away from winning a Super Bowl last season or this season, but that adds fuel to Twitter trolls. And those are my least favorite people in the world. So Lazard is my pick. Uh, and I think that's been the case for most of the year. He just, other than the Washington game, has he made a big impact on a game? I, not that I can think of, you know, no, there's not a whole lot going there. He's some impact in the running game and he's going to do the dirty work and that's good. So he's still an important part, but part of me is wondering, do you see less Lazard and more EQ down the stretch? I don't know. That's certainly possible. Uh, and maybe something they should do because EQ adds a different element in terms of speed. Jimmy, most disappointing player for you thus far. Um, I went with an obvious one last time with AJ Dillon. I think this one is another obvious and Maggie, Maggie, geez, Maggie mentioned before with the um, injury bug with her player. Like I, I have to go with Kevin King. We, we signed him for a one year deal when a lot of people thought he was going to be off the team, especially after that NFC championship game. But he just has like the best ability is availability and he has not been available. Like he's constantly getting hurt and it kind of went into that whole thing of like, why resign him for someone who maybe is hit or miss when he plays also misses a lot of games. And right now I just feel like he's missing more than he's available. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Kevin King on this and thankfully we have Douglas Stokes has been playing really well for a rookie um, hopefully we get a Jair back, but Kevin King, man, you got to uh, step it up a little bit, maybe be healthy. Like 
little hint for me, like maybe be healthy there here and there. And uh, that'd be great. It would. And again, that's just another thank God for Rasul Douglas, because otherwise we're talking about a lot of games where the Packers are starting Isaac Yadam and Shamar John Charles. And you saw Yadam in one series against Chicago. And it, it was as bad as I can remember cornerback play. And that includes like Kevin King in last year's NFC championship game type of stuff. So thankfully he's there last one before we wrap up tonight, guys. So down the stretch, who is your guys's X factor? This player you think has to play well. So I'm going to give my example. So you guys maybe know what I'm looking at. Play well down the stretch, maybe make a few big plays for them to get the Super Bowl, and ultimately win it. My answer is Randall Cobb. And to me, Cobb is the guy who I think on this team is the one that on third, you know, third and got to have it. Rodgers is looking at 17. We know that. And they're designing plays for 17. But I think Cobb is the other guy. And it seems like anytime this dude makes a play, it's a big one. And Cobb was having his best game of the season on Sunday before exiting with a groin injury. If not for that injury, would have had over 100 yards receiving. But he's a veteran. He's got that trust with Rodgers. And you've seen like the Cincinnati game comes to mind, a scramble drill where Rodgers just throws one to him and trusts him. He makes the play. Big third down conversions, big game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big game on Sunday against the Rams. In some of those bigger games that the Packers have had, Cobb has been the one who's been making those kinds of plays. So I can definitely, and this is what I thought when Green Bay originally traded for him uh, at the behest of Aaron Rodgers, is third and 10 against Tampa, and you need to get a first down or you need to score. Like I think back to that 2014 Cowboys game where Cobb makes a ridiculous catch to seal that game. The Patriots game from that year where he makes a catch to seal that game. Stuff like that where... 12 is going to look for his guys that he trusts the most in that moment. And I think he's on a decent page with MVS and Jones and Dylan and, and even Lazard to a certain degree, but Cobb and Adams are going to be the guys that make those plays. So if you think back like 2019 NFC championship game, we talk about this a lot on the show, it's money players on money downs. So when green Bay had to win that game, they drew up a play for Devonte Adams. And then the next third down, they drew one up for Jimmy Graham. Now, say what you will, but Jimmy Graham was clearly someone that Rodgers trusted and they thought was a guy that could make a play in that scenario. He did. He got a first down and won the game for the Packers. They were able to kneel off the clock. I think Cobb could be a guy very similar to that this year in playoff games, hopefully at Lambeau Field against some of these teams like the Cardinals and the Bucks and the Cowboys and whomever else. So now that I've explained kind of my thought process on that, Maggie, who's your go-to guy here down the stretch? Honestly, it's the same person that could have applied for my person that I'm disappointed with this season. And it's Mason Crosby. You know, if you're talking about putting points on the board in big moments in a playoff environment, three points could be the difference between a win and a loss. We saw it, you know, with the Vikings. Obviously, that one turned into an L in the win-loss column. You know, it could have been the same scenario in the Bengals. The the Bengals game, the Packers are fortunate to squeak that one by um, with a win. Both kickers had really weird games. And I think, you know, for the beginning of the season, we could really chalk it up to special teams. The long snapping was an issue. I, you know, some of those holds were really bizarre. I think, you know, if everybody on Twitter is recognizing what's wrong with special teams, maybe there's something wrong with special teams. But it felt like the last couple of weeks, you know, the holds were good. The snaps were good. And I don't know if Crosby's in his head at this point. Um, and he's always just been so consistent, especially last season, having, you know, statistically, I think the best um, season of his career. So something's got to give with special teams and that whole unit, Crosby specifically, they have to get that figured out, especially if you're talking about hosting one or two playoff games at Lambeau Field in the cold, in the wind, if it's snowing. Um, you know, they went three of four 
Um, last week, obviously, that was marked improvement, but now we need to see a little bit more consistency still so that we're not holding our breaths every time the field goal units trotted out there. I hate kickers. Jimmy? Uh, I'm going with uh, Chris Barnes. We had Campbell. like He's had an amazing season being signed to the Packers this year. Uh, better than anyone could ex- expect. And Barnes hasn't played really well. Like you think back to that Cardinals game, like he had probably his best game of the season. Um, but looking forward, like we really need that second inside linebacker to play at a high level. We This past week, he had a uh, singing of plays where he stood out. He had that one in, the, it was a wide receiver screen. It looked like he slipped, but somehow stayed in the same position and kind of blew it up and was able to stop it for short. But, just kind of looking to him to step up and be that player in his his second year with the team that we kind of expect him to be. Because looking to the offseason, like I really thought it was going to be Barnes number one, Campbell number two, and it really completely switched. So uh, looking at that to just kind of have him step up, keep being a player that fans expect him to be, and see if he can be uh, a strong inside linebacker for the, the Packers seasons to come. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, you talk about Barnes, his good moments are really good. Like you mentioned, his rough moments are are really rough. So you got to kind of clean those up as the coaches might say. We are out of time for this edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Follow the show at Pack-A-Day Podcast on Twitter. Subscribe wherever you find your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Jacob Westendorf. Jimmy, where can the beautiful people find you? Uh, follow me, Jimmy underscore C08. Anything there or at Game on Wisconsin, uh, you'll find me at. So follow me there. Anything else? Doesn't really matter. Maggie, run the tape. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV, and then I also co-host the Packs of Cheesehead podcast with Perry Goldstein. You can find that on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. And if I want to buy a Christmas present for myself, do you have a discount code or something that I might be able to use? Uh, yeah, if you would like to buy yourself something from Manscaped, you can use code PWSS20 for 20% off your order. Thanks, Jacob. You're welcome. I've, I've dreamed of being able to do that. So ladies, if you're listening to this show and want to get something, a stocking stuffer, a Christmas present for your husband, use that code, get 20% off. I do have Manscaped products and they are phenomenal. I love them. Their cologne they, smells really good for what it's Their worth. cologne smells great. Their deodorants smell good. Their trimmers are very comfortable. Uh, I, I love all of it. So I appreciate the work of Manscaped. And of course, packs what she said with Maggie Loney and Perry Goldstein. So check them out. Uh, every week we'll see you guys next week we'll be previewing packers and bears enjoy the bye week and go pack go see you guys next week This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.